the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. Why would Christians care about Israel? Well, it's 75 years old, and that's not a reason, though. But why don't you stay and listen as we'll talk about Israel? And it's God's land, right? Let's begin with a time of prayer. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and honor you. And Lord, we just say, Father, that... You, we can see you're faithful because you've been faithful to Israel. What a blessing that is to know that you are real, that your promises are real, and that uh, you're faithful. So we bless you. We thank you. We pray that uh, today would be a great day, that you would be exalted by everything we do, everything we say. And we give you all the praise and honor in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. So, uh, before we get into the the theme, which is Israel, uh, let's count the Omer. Okay. And so, uh, you can join me in the Hebrew if you have it in front of you. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'olam. Asher kirishanu b'mitzvatav v'tzivanu al sifarat ha'omer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has set us apart by your commandments and commanded us to count the Omer. Today is the third day of the fifth week, and day 31 I have counted the Omer. Well, the theme of this Counting the Omer is Standing on God's Word for Revival, Part 2. So hopefully you've already done Part 1. Amen? Uh, the scriptures are Second Chronicles 7, 12 through 16. It says, Then Adonai appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, when my people, over whom my name is called, humble themselves, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. 
For now I have chosen and consecrated this house so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. Now the thought for the day is when we pray the scripture above, we're asking God for numerous things based on his word. God said that his eyes, heart, and name would be there forever. The scripture is about corporate repentance that would take his revival. Pray for a deep corporate repentance within our country. Wouldn't you agree that is God's desire? Our challenge, let's pray the scripture, but not just pray that God heals our land, but pray that we as believers will humble ourselves, seek God's face, and turn from our evil ways. Lord, I pray Second Chronicles seven twelve through 16, all of it with the conviction of knowing this is your word and it will never return void. Send revival worldwide. All righty, so that's the devotional for this day. And now we're going to talk about Israel. It's interesting when we talk about Israel, it, it, it's, uh, it's really just supernatural, which means it's all from God. It's amazing. And the, the actual history begins uh, 4,000 or a little over 4,000 years ago. In 2000 B.C., when Abraham got the call by God, and God promised he would be a nation. And then we see, you know, in 1500, Moses. We see in in 1000, Jerusalem made capital by King David. We see that in 930, the kingdoms were divided, Judah and Israel. And in 586, Jerusalem and the first temple were destroyed. Most Jews um, exiled to Babylon. And then in 538 to 515, many of the Jews returned from Babylon, and the temple was rebuilt. In 332, the land was conquered by Alexander the Great. And so the rule was a very Hellenistic rule. We talked about that a few months ago. And then 166, Maccabees revolt and win. Temple is rededicated. And this time between Malachi, uh, about 400 years B.C., to about 25 A.D. is referred to the silent years because there's no prophetic word from God during this period. It's also called the intertestamental period, the time between the writings of the Hebrew scriptures and the new covenant. So obviously in this time of, of the what we would call the common era, uh, Yeshua was born, Yeshua uh, lived, was resurrected. And then in 66 to 73, there was a Jewish revolt. The second temple was destroyed. And the last stand, you've heard of Masada, right? And that's when that was. And uh, in 132 to 135 was the Bar Kokhba Rebellion. Um, Bar Kokhba was seen by a number of people as the Messiah, but obviously he lost, and so he lost the opportunity to be the Messiah. 
and uh, Byzantine rule from about 100 to 600, and Persian invasion in 614, and Arab rule from 636 to 1099, and the Dome of the Rock was built on the site of the first and second temples, and that was done in uh, 691. We see in 1091 to 1291, Crusaders' domination, and then uh, 1291 to 1516, we see Mamluk rule, which are the slave warriors of medieval Islam. Then from 1517 to 1917, Ottoman rule, which would be the Turkish. And now we're going into the modern history of Israel. So if that was way too quick for you, uh, what you can do is call our office or email me and ask for the history of Israel paperwork. Believe me, you will get more than what I just covered. You will get about 12 pages and a lot of information, which we can't go over all of it now. But I'm, I'm just letting you know, just call our office. We'll send it out to you free, either by paper or digitally. We prefer digitally because it's, yeah, it's easier. But whichever one you want is fine. Now, uh in 1917, after World War I, the British controlled um, this area, which uh, was called Palestine. And uh, in 1922, the League of Nations, uh, they promised um, Transjordan to an area that actually was promised to Israel in the Balfour Declaration. We see that in 1939 to 45, we obviously have the World War II and the Holocaust. And in 47, UN proposes the establishment of two states in Palestine, the Arab and the Jewish state. Very strange here because... The people of Israel, or the Jewish people, they already lost about 75% of what was promised to them to Jordan. And then this proposal starts with the very little that was left, and it takes another roughly 70% away. And so they are really left with a tiny area for the state of Israel. But, you know, uh, Israel said, yes, we'll, we'll take that offer, even though it's a terrible one. It, it's, it, it gives us almost no land, and it's divided, and, and it's just a mess, but we'll take it. And the Arabs said, no, we're not taking that. That's not enough. What they wanted was the Jewish people in the Mediterranean Sea. And until that happened, they were not going to be happy. In fact, the leaders of the, um, of the Arab people said to the people living in Palestine, leave there and go into these other countries, these Arab countries, and 
when we demolish Israel, you can come back and get your land and there'll be peace. Well, it didn't turn out that way, obviously. In 1948, um, Israel was proclaimed a nation, and so it's been 75 years. And uh, happy birthday, Israel, right? And the day after, I mean literally the day after, five Arab states invaded Israel on May 15th. And so it took a year, but there was a war of independence, and they won. It was pretty amazing. And then we see uh, later on in 1967 the Six-Day War. And the Six-Day War was very interesting. Uh, They, you know, Israelis saw that... uh, The Arabs were going to attack sooner or later. They had military all around Israel um, on the borders. And so they attacked first and demolished the Egyptian Air Force in 90 minutes, which just turned the tide of the war. And they won that war in six days. And what they got for that was all of Sinai and the Golan Heights. Well, this increased their land size dramatically. It still wasn't as large as what they were promised, but it still, it was, it made the country probably three times larger than it was. Interesting enough, the, um, right after that, the Six Day War, um, when the, the Arabs lost, A group got started in 1968 called the Palestinian National Charter, or PLO, the Palestinian National Organization. And that's an interesting group. Uh, They were never called Palestinians until then. So uh, despite what you might hear in the news, uh, that's... They started, the Palestinians started in 1968. Remember all those people? Not everybody left, all the Arabs left Israel, but in 48, when um, 700, about 750,000 Arabs left, and they ended up in uh, refugee camps throughout the Arab world, and the Arabs used that as to show how Israel was unfair, even though Israel at that time in 1948 said, Arabs, stay here and we'll live together in peace. But that's not what happened. They left, and then when Israel won, they couldn't really come back. And so they blamed everything on Israel, and, uh, you know, as they say, the rest is history. Well, you know... Then there was the Yom Kippur War in 73. Israel also won that. But uh, in 1982, uh, Israel made an agreement with Egypt, and they returned the land of Sinai, the entire Sinai area, to Egypt. Now, in the meantime, Israel had found oil in the Sinai and had oil wells. They had an Air Force base. 
They had a hospital, and they had built up the Sinai tremendously, and they gave it all back for the promise of peace. And that worked better, I would say, than the land for peace deal in 2005, which was for the Gaza. They gave Gaza back to the Palestinians. And as you know, since then, the Palestinians have been hurling rockets uh, into Israel continuously. And there were some other wars and things, but I think those are the highlights, really, of modern Israel. Now, you have to understand that Israel is so important, not only to the United States, but to all believers around the world. Because what God promised to Israel and delivered to Israel is amazing. And it shows the faithfulness of God. So let's look at a couple of those proofs. First of all, can you imagine in Genesis 12 2 to Abram, who was a, a new, uh, he became, I guess, the first Hebrew or the first Jew. God promises, I'll make you a great nation. Now, think about this promise here. He has a wife who can't conceive, so they have no children. Uh, they're just the two of them and some scattered family and, and servants. And God promises, I will make you a great nation. Okay. Well, it took 4,000 years, but God kept his promise. Imagine that 2,000 of those years, Israel had no land. They were scattered across the face of the earth. And they were, how would they ever come back and become a nation? But when God promises something, it might not look good in the beginning or in the middle, but in the end, he keeps his promise. And so Israel is a great nation. You know, then it says in Genesis 17, 7 and 8, I'll establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant in order to be your God and your seed and God's after, uh, and God, your seed's God after you. I will give to you and to your seed after you the land where you're an outsider, the whole land of Canaan as an everlasting covenant possession, and I will be their God. So that's amazing. So he promises Abram a great nation. Then he promises all this land. And in fact, um, when you're talking about all this land, the land that was actually promised was uh, in Genesis 15, 18, I give this land to your seed from the river of Egypt, which would be the Nile River, to the great river, the Euphrates River. Well, that would include then Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Lebanon, Iraq, Syria, and Turkey. 
Uh, that would be a huge country. Now, not all of the land from those countries, but some of those countries wouldn't exist anymore, right? Like Lebanon. Yeah. So that's pretty amazing. We'll see what happens in the future, right? But going back to God's faithfulness, we see that God will bring back to the land um, the people, who, which is, we see that in Jeremiah sixteen fourteen and 15. Uh, it says, therefore, behold, the days are coming that it shall no more be said, the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, but the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he had driven them, for I will bring them back into their land which I gave to their fathers. So what God is promising is that he's going to drive the Israel, the people of Israel into the world so that, in a sense, they won't have a land, and then he will bring them back. So that, that's pretty amazing. Now, he actually did this twice, <laughs> which is pretty also amazing. Another interesting thing that... Uh, shows the faithfulness of God, is Zephaniah 3.9. It says, For then I will restore to the people pure speech, so that all of them may call upon the name of Adonai and serve him shoulder to shoulder. Well, in order to restore the language of Hebrew, it would have to become dead and gone, which it has been for 2,000 years except for the rabbis. But all of a sudden, starting in the 80s of 1880s and going into the 1900s, is the land, uh, I'm sorry, the, the language of Israel became revived. And people are all across Israel now are speaking Hebrew. And so again, another prophecy that was fulfilled, which just seems impossible. Do you know of any other language that became dead? And then got um, back, came back? No. And then we have Jeremiah 31, 30 to 32, where God promises the Jewish people a new covenant. So you say, well, okay, what's the new covenant? Yeshua is the new covenant. And he promised that to the Jewish people. And people say today that God doesn't do miracles. I would say that these things that I've mentioned are amazing miracles. And there are more, many, many more that we could talk about. So let's go back and and just revisit one of the miracles was that in God's word, it says that there, that Israel would blossom once again, when when the Jews are back in the land. Well, I'll have to tell you about that next week because we've run out of time. So we will continue this discussion about Israel and its modern history as we celebrate Israel's 75th birthday. Happy birthday, Israel. Amen. Please visit our website, And then come and visit us at services either Friday night or Saturday. See which location is the best one for you, which time is the best one for you. Call our office. If you don't go to the website, call our office at 813 
831-5673. And certainly, if you feel this program is valuable to you, I, I really ask that you would pledge support either monthly or in a one-time gift to help us stay on the air. At this time, um, let us just also know that we love to to come out to your church or to your Bible study and do various teachings. So give us a call. Let us know when you'd like us to come, what you'd like us to teach on. We'd be happy to do so. And why don't we close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to Israel. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us. And we just pray, Lord, that we would, um, our first priority would be you, Lord, and that we would grow in our desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach Lion of Judah The God of Israel Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.